2: Anyhow, joining us right now, the manager of the New York Yankees, and just hearing his voice is going to make me think of spring, <laughs> and God knows we need that, and that of course is Aaron Boone. Aaron, Tiki, Evan, how you been?
1: Hey guys, I'm I'm doing well. Yeah, we do need some spring. We finally got a little cold around here, so it's about time to, to head south.
2: And now you join <laughs> us, because as a football fan, we had no Giants, we had no Jets, and now oh. you have no Eagles, so... Did you, uh, did you want Sirianni out like a lot of other Eagle fans? What was your thoughts? Uh,
1: no. Um, I, you know, it was just such a weird year. I actually went down to a couple games, the last one being Buffalo, which was like kind of the end of the run. And it's just such a weird, like, for being a Super Bowl team and, obviously backed up by a super bowl last year and having what you think is this amazing roster, like to see the team kind of fall off a cliff Mm. um, and being healthy, like they were widely healthy and just all of a sudden just stopped getting to the quarterback. And, you know, I think, I think teams started getting the ball out on them so they couldn't get to the quarterback. Their linebacker play was not nearly as good as last year. And it just, I've never seen a team just, go from the best team and what I th- thought was like the best roster to like like one of the worst teams in the league like right. the final two months so right. it was a little little sucked <laughs> <laughs> booty we had
0: a bet whether or not you would throw the head coach of your favorite team under the bus I said as a coaching <gasps> brother there's no way he's gonna do that. There's no way he can say, yes, fire Sirianni. Because you know what that's yeah. like. It sucks to get that from people that you think are your friends or at least your colleagues or peers.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, I think next had a great start to things. So it's like, you know, did the coordinator thing finally show up like that deep into the season? That what what exactly happened? And I am confident in the organization that they'll kind of get to the bottom of it and figure it out. I think Howie's great. and and their owner is awesome. So I think they'll figure it out.
2: They probably will, unfortunately, because all of us in New York collectively can't stand the Eagles, but they probably will. Uh, I'm curious at the beginning of this offseason, because I was kind of surprised by it. Tiki was surprised by it. Brian Cashman came out and he was like, you know what? I ain't taking crap anymore. Right. I'm going to start yeah. dropping cuss words. I'm going to tell you, you guys don't know what the hell you're talking about. When you heard that, were you like, yeah, Cash? Go, go, give it to him. What was your reaction to hearing the aggressive
1: Brian Cashman? Um, yeah, you know, I, I think for him it was, you know, coming to the defense of a lot of people that, you know, he he thinks are really good at what they do, and and you know, kind of, you know, more often than not, you you just you kind of wear things, and you you know, you power through, but I think it was probably a little bit therapeutic for him to come out and, and, you know, try and defend things a little bit. Cause obviously, you know, we're getting a lot of fire from a lot of different places, understandably. Like we didn't come close to meeting our expectation or our standards last year. And, and we understand that that comes with it, but you know, there are times that you want to defend yourself as well. So I think it was a little bit of that, well, but I, <laughs> I, I enjoyed the rant.
0: So, so Aaron, <laughs> it's interesting because, uh, Evan made me break it down. Like, what's he actually saying? And you know what I said? Uh, I said exactly what you just said. He's doing that to make himself feel better, right? He's he's saying that because he wants to feel good about where he's going. So it has nothing to do with what he he says, really. He just wants to come back at all of us. But one of the things that I think that came out of this offseason, at least going into this offseason, was this notion that Aaron Judge was going to be, I want to say more involved. I don't want him to be like Aaron Rodgers and, you know, bringing his boys over to the team and things like that. But it felt like Aaron's opinion wanted to, needed to be heard. How how much has that been the case this offseason?
1: Yeah, I mean, look, I think especially once Aaron, you know, he's he certainly earned a level of respect, obviously, across the game, but certainly within our organization. So um, I think once he signed long-term and became the captain, I think along with that, you know, becomes – you know, allowed for even more of a, you know, we, we do value what he thinks and what he says as we do with all our players, but certainly him and and Garrett are guys that, you know, we, we, we want to hear what they have to say and when they have input, you know, especially as we're, you know, trying to put things together and you want to get as much, Good information as you can from your different sources. When anytime you're making a decision, so I think they've they've earned a level of respect and and uh, a, a certainly a valued opinion within our organization.
2: With him, where do things stand defensively going into this season? With Soto, with Verdugo, is he most of the time center fielder? I know you said the other day he may play some left. How do you see the mm-hmm. breakdown being for Aaron Judge in terms of where he plays in the outfield?
1: I see him playing a lot of center field to start. And that, you know, assuming, assuming we have good health and obviously we brought Trent Grisham in, mm-hmm. who's an elite defensive center fielder as well, who is going to get playing time. But, um, I do think Aaron and he's, he's excited and preparing to play a lot of center field. And then as the season unfolds and this pops in, you know, all of a sudden those plans can change a little bit. But with that center field, you know, I'll I'll use the DH with him too. You know, whether it's you know in a perfect world where you're healthy once or twice a week, that gets Grisham in the lineup a little bit. That gets you know Giancarlo a day off here if if he's going well. And um, so right now he is preparing to get ready to play center field. And um, you know, I can slide him over to right, obviously, at any time. And um, and you could see even some left field in there, uh, but. I think initially the bulk I see him playing in center field.
2: And what about Verdugo and Soto cuz both guys have played both corners left field and right field where are they going to be aligned?
1: Yeah. Yeah, my my lean right now would be to have Verdugo in left field and Soto in right. Just with with our large left field, Verdugo's kind of, you know, demonstrate himself as kind of an elite corner defensive outfielder, so um so my lean right now would be left field but we're also in January, so I kind of want to get down there, and yeah, get a feel for everyone, where guys are most comfortable, um, you know. And then, you know, once you get into the season, what exactly are we dealing with roster-wise? Where are we? What makes the most sense to, you know, get the most consistency?
0: Yeah, you know, Booney, we talk about center field and how taxing it can be because of the gaps you got to mm-hmm. cover, and it's just a lot for – any athlete, but in particular, a big athlete. And I wonder, you know, you mentioned you use the DH. So there, I'm sure there'll be a handful, maybe a lot more than a handful of games where he's, he's not playing the field. And is that a reaction to the injuries? And some of them are freak. You know, we, we try to explain mm-hmm. them away all the time. Oh, well, you know, the wall in, in LA, if that didn't happen, yeah. he wouldn't have missed all this time. The diving a few years ago where he cracked a rib or did whatever he did to his intercostal, right? Is this a way to keep him healthy?
1: Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm not as worried and I never have been frankly on the center field stuff with Aaron because, and I think the, the, you know, two years ago when he played the bulk of, of the 22 season, which was obviously an incredible year was also one of his most, most healthy seasons. It does make me be conscious of like, I I do like to get him more DHs as a result of he is moving around more technically, but also kind of make the analogy and Tiki will appreciate this. Like when I'm not putting him at running back, you know, it's like, (laughs) you know, it's, it's, it's center field. And, um, you know, he's had just as many more, uh, more injuries out in right field, whether it's running into walls and things like that. So I don't worry about that too much. I'll be mindful of, and you can measure those things now where how much a guy's running around and how, how that stacks up in a week where you're playing in a 10-game in a row, 11-game in a row. So I'll certainly be mindful of those things, but that's where you know having the DH and being able to cycle him in there um, hopefully is something that serves him and us well.
2: Am I assuming, right, that if Judge is playing left, that means Soto will exclusively be a right fielder, and that's a part of why Judge would move to left, that you wouldn't want to bounce Soto back to left field?
1: Yeah, I, I, you know, I'm just not sure, you know, it's, again, it's it, it, you make all these plans and then all of a sudden one guy's missing here at the start and another guy's missing at some point in the season. So I'm just going to kind of feel it out. Um, we'll see. You know, I, you know, I don't want to move a ton of guys around all the time, but you know, on the days Grisham's in that in center field, does it make the most sense? It, it, let's say Verdugo has a day, to make most sense to move Soto over there or or, or move Judge in the left. Those are kind of things we'll get a feel for. I've, I've had those conversations with Aaron to kind of prepare him for it. He's right. ready for anything. But, um, you know, that'll be something that kind of declares itself as, as spring training unfolds.
2: We're talking Aaron Boone, manager of the Yankees. So when you guys get Alex Verdugo, good addition, uh-huh. obviously he's been a solid player, I remember back to something in Boston with, like, Alex Cora benching him. And I think a lot of Yankee mm-hmm. fans think the same thing. And I'm sure, you know, you're managing the Yankees. You ain't worried about what the Red Sox are doing. Do you make a phone call and find out, What the hell happened with Verdugo? Is this something I need to keep an eye on?
1: Yeah, I mean, honestly, Alex has been on our, our radar for a couple of years. We've, we've you know, considered trading for him or even had conversations, I think, going back the last couple of years on different levels. Um, so we've done our homework on that stuff and have certainly tried to Talk to a lot of people about different situations. Um, so uh, at the end of the day, I think we we feel like we're getting uh, a very good major league hitter that's also a two way player that can really play the outfield. And I feel like is just still scratching the surface of what he can be as a player. I think he's a really talented hitter, and and I think you know being from the left side, being in our, our ballpark might even hopefully see the power kick up a little bit. Not that I want him to go sh- stretch for that because I think he's such a good back-to-ball guy that, but I feel like, I feel like there's more in there for Alex Verdugo and, you know, hopefully getting over here and a change of scenery for him will be something that um, hopefully gets that out of him. But I'm excited. To, I'm I'm really excited to have him, especially when I look right now at the potential of our, what I think our lineup's going to be and, the different places I could see him hitting in the lineup behind certain people with a lot of traffic and a guy that is really, really a tough out. We've seen it now for the last few years playing against them.
2: Are you going to play him against lefties every day? Learn more at marines.com.
1: I mean, I I, I look at him as an everyday player. Now, um, you know, again, the makeup of your roster, you'll pick certain spots where, you you know, I want to get Grisham in there. I can get, you know, when I have... You know, judge on a on a day off, or 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 in the DH spot. How does it all match up? So I do plan on him. I do see him playing a ton versus lefties as well.
0: Yeah, you know, Skip. Let's th- let's talk about the Soto. Uh, I don't want to call it a situation, but I will. But it feels mm-hmm. like this could be just one year, and it makes you kind of have to be all in for. Twenty twenty.
1: I'm sure Evan hopes it's one year. Huh? <laughs> well, Evan <laughs> keeps talking. About I don't know what you mean by he's that. renting right?
0: in the Bronx and he's going to buy in Queens. Well. Nonsense. <laughs> so, but I mean
1: that's the reality.
0: I mean, he could leave as a free agent. He wants to hit. He wants to hit free agency. The number is going to be stupid when, whenever it comes out. Uh, what, what what they're looking for. But what kind of urgency does that put on you as the manager?
1: Yeah. Look, we knew when we traded for Juan. Like we, you know, I think we certainly understood that this could be um, that he's a free agent at the end of the year. And obviously he's going to be in, in high demand and an amazing player. Um, so we, we went into this kind of eyes wide open and knew that, you know, that the package we had to give hurt a little bit to give up some of the talent that we gave, but we really felt like he's such a difference maker and such a, such a good fit for our team um and we just felt like we we had to do it and hopefully hopefully everything goes according to plan and he he loves playing in pinstripes and loves being here and and it works out but we didn't go into this necessarily just like you know we went into it with you know we feel like he's a great fit for us this year and gives us an amazing chance to to be the team we expect to be. Do you
2: feel you need to kind of kiss his ass throughout the season? <laughs> like, almost say, all right, well, whatever yeah, you, you want, want man. <laughs> Got to keep you happy. Hey, Sean has a no-boo pro- – uh, uh,
0: what is it? What, the, a the no no-boo policy. No-boo policy the- for Soto, no matter what happens, <laughs> all season long.
1: Well, you know, what? at the end of the day, it's money's going to talk properly, you know. And, right. Um, hopefully, you know, we, we, we make it an environment that uh, he'll like and that he'll thrive in and that he'll – make make all of us better. That's that's the focus, and, and we'll see.
2: We're talking to Aaron Boone. There's a lot of Yankee fans that are done with Giancarlo. They're done with the guy. They want yeah. him gone. They think he stinks. He's never healthy. And what I've tried to say, and I don't even know if you're going to buy into this, mm-hmm. but I ask you, I brought it to Tiki's attention. I said, you know, Giancarlo actually wasn't that bad last year against left-handed pitching. And if you treat mm-hmm. him maybe differently than what he was four years mm-hmm. ago— Maybe you can maximize it. Maybe if he's the right-handed platoon against lefties, and we stop thinking mm-hmm. of him, thinking of him as the guy from 2017, the year before he got here, he can be productive. Have you given that thought about Stan of just treating him like a platoon player and mostly facing left-handed pitching?
1: Not yet. I, I've uh, he and, and and us have gone into the off season looking at it as there certain. You know things he knows he's got to do. Um, you know, I think just body composition wise, being an older player that not older, you know, in his thirties now, but mm-hmm. you know that's had some of the lower body, you know, soft tissue things that have come up. You know, I, I think understanding that you know playing at a at a lighter weight is something that's going to really serve him well. I, I really, th- I I would, I, I think it's foolish to count to to count him out. Um, just knowing the competitor knowing the drive knowing what i know he's doing this winter to be ready for this year to make sure last year doesn't happen um i would not put it past him at all that he goes out and has an awesome year and that's against righties and lefties yeah um but you always as the season unfolds you see where you're at and you make adjustments as you go but um, I still think he's got a big year in him.
0: Yeah, so two things. One, it seems it sounds like he's going to lose some of those LBs, so he's going to be less muscular. Have you seen him yet? Like, what's he look like?
1: I, I have not. I talked to him again the other day. Um, I know he is lighter. I've seen pictures of him. And the thing is, like, he's always in great shape. Like, I mean, he's, like, low percent body fat. But, you know, as you get on the north side of 30 and you've had some injuries, it's hard to carry that weight on mm-hmm. your frame. And I think he understands the importance of, of being lighter and it's going to serve him well. And I know he's had an offseason that's put him in a really good spot to give him the best chance to be successful. Uh, and and we'll, we'll see him here in a short short order right.
0: uh, right. in a few weeks. And, Boney, I'm just reading reading through the lines here. It sounds like you want flexibility with the D8. So what does that do for the Stanton plan? like where where do you see him if he's not playing yeah the agent? It,
1: it, so yeah in a perfect world you know he's he's playing he's 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 he is that option in the field once or twice a week you know john carl is that one guy that you know i'm certainly going to make sure I, I i give get him his off days you know that mm-hmm. day a week or whatever but hopefully in and around that you know he's able to give us a day in the field once a week and that just allows everyone and i feel like we have the potential to have such a deeper um, offense and such a deeper position player group this year that having that little bit of flexibility will serve us well. And I think, I do think he's in position to do that, but again, we'll, we'll see as it unfolds here, you know, starting in February.
2: And the X factor to all of this is Jason Dominguez. Cause when he comes uh- back, Here's what I read your answer. Your answer is, of course, Stan's going to play against everybody, you <laughs> numbskull. But, hey, come June, July, Dominguez is back. Giancarlo can't hit right-handed pitching. I'm open to it. But when is Dominguez coming back? Can you get the Yankee fans yeah, excited? When are we looking? May 1st? Your,
1: your your timeline's probably on. Like, we're going to make sure he's obviously all the way back and, and ready to play the field, you know, when he is. But all I know is he's, he's doing really well, but, the, the rehab's gone, you know as expected, and um he's been down in Tampa actually you know these last couple of months, so I actually got to see him when I was down there last week. He's doing great, and we'll see you know hopefully we're in a position that um you know a lot a lot will happen between now and whatever that is in June or whatever that he's back that you know the the, the roster will kind of declare itself and and hopefully, you know, show you what, what to do.
2: So June. That's the timeline. That's a, a right way to think if you're a Yankee fan. We're gonna to get to see the Martian in we're, June.
1: I think we're I think we're putting it at well, he's on track to be ready in the summer, and that's yeah. how we're looking at it.
2: Yeah. We'll see. T- tell me the plan of some of the other
0: young guys. I mean Volpe we we kinda know, but Cabrera, mm-hmm. Peraza, like where are what's the plan for those young guys? How do they get playing time? I mean obviously it's a lot's gonna be determined by what happens in the spring, but What's your plan or thought around those guys?
1: Yeah, so right now, like in the infield, obviously you know Rizzo and Glaber at first and second, and Volpe at short and and DJ over at third. So those guys right now are utility guys and kind of fighting for opportunities and playing time, and certainly in the mix and and guys that have experience now, so that if you know something is to happen, you know they could easily slide in, and hopefully, you know they continue to take steps you know, in their development as players, because we certainly think highly of them.
2: Will you consider leading off with Anthony Volpe, or does he still have to kind of prove more before you give him that designation?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't look, I I could certainly see it at some point during the season. I don't necessarily see it at the start. I I definitely want him to kind of get rolling and hopefully, you know, he's another guy. I'd feel great about the winter he's had and, the adjustments and the makeup of the person that he's going to make necessary adjustments to allow him to become, you know, an even more advanced player this year for us. So hopefully he's putting himself in a position at some point to be in that mix. Um, but I, I don't necessarily see that at the start of the season. So um, that lead off lead off spot is going to be, you know, such a crucial spot obviously for us, but, you know, in front of, you know, Soto and judge, however, I, I line it up there. Like, I want that spot to just, it's got to be a spot that's consistently getting on base. And Mm. I could see it being DJ. You know, I could see it being Verdugo in some cases. I could see it being Volpe at some point. Mm. Uh, I could see Glaber popping up there. So, I just want that spot to be, you know, a place where we're consistently getting at, you know, 350 plus on base. And if we can do that, um, I think we're going to be... Really, really, really scary. If we can get some consistency out of that yeah. leadoff spot. Well,
2: I'll tell you what—that what's scaring me: having to face Juan Soto and Aaron Judge back to back. Are you <laughs> committed to Soto two, Judge three, or could you go back and forth with that during spring training?
1: Yeah, no, I'm not committed. I'm, I'm, I expect them to be two, three, and one. Whether right. I, I don't know which one in front of the other yet. Maybe a lot of that depends on how the leadoff spot shakes out. Like. Is it just DJ, you know, is our, our leadoff guy and he's rolling and he's doing his thing. I love the way he finished the year, the last two months of the season where he was getting on base a ton. So it could be him, or is it more of a, you know, rotate that leadoff spot, play the hot hand in that leadoff spot. Um, and then, cause you know, this is that for the first year in a while too, we're going to have like really, really potentially good balance on our lineup with left or right. So yeah. I'll, you know, I want to, you know, kind of balance out the lineup. So a lot depends on who's sitting in that leadoff spot, uh, as to how I
2: hit two and three. Does it matter, and maybe this is middle of January talking and guys like me getting stuck on baseball reference, but does (laughs) it matter that Juan Soto, because I would agree, like I'd hit Juan Soto second. Now, I'm certainly never managing a baseball team, but my first reaction would be, and I've said it on the air, I'd hit Soto second. Damn, man, he's got such a great eye. You got judge protecting him. It seems perfect. And then I got stuck in a vortex on baseball reference where basically Juan Soto's not that good
1: batting second.
2: Do you look mm-hmm. into that? Does that <laughs> matter that you see numbers like that? Is that a factor at all?
1: No. Well, I know in the past he has he has always had a preference for hitting third. Mm-hmm. Um, I know he's open to doing either here, second or third. So, especially when you're talking about that level of player, that level of hitter, um, I do want him to be comfortable in the lineup. So that does factor in. But I don't. For example, if if he hits second and he hits second 140 times, um, I think uh, that baseball reference change will reference page will change a lot because I think he's whether he hits second or third. If he does it a lot, he's going to bang. Yeah,
0: let me hit the rotation here, uh, Skip, because yeah. obviously Garrett Cole at the top is you're not worried about him, but everything else is kind of cautious optimism. mainly because of the injuries with Rodon specifically, Nestor who Mm -hmm. flashed and then, you know, wasn't available for a lot. And then Marcus Stroman uh, coming in, he was banged up at the end of last year. I don't think it's a big deal, but the the injuries are a concern. Like how how is that going to be mitigated?
1: Well, I would say one of the things I'm really excited about is Carlos Rodon right now. Um, The winter that he's had, and I think, you know, a lot of the things that he went through last year, you know, injury-wise – you know, scuffling performance-wise, just getting adjusted, being behind the eight ball, and trying to play catch-up all year. Um, you know, finishing on a you know on a down note, I think, has been really, really motivating for him. And he's had he's had a great winter. He's been down in Tampa now the last few weeks, and I know our you know our pitching guys down there are really excited with how he looks and kind of like night and day from how he looked this time last year, which is really encouraging. And the one thing, you know, I've, I've told him and, and, you know, when, when we went into the off season, I continue to have conversations, like his ability didn't go away and he's not an old guy. So I'm really excited about the potential there. The biggest thing I want him to focus on is, is making sure he's doing everything necessary to put himself in a position to be able to go out and post every fifth or sixth day and not get caught up in, oh, I got to have my first start, has got to be great. I got to go out and show this in spring training. No, I got to put my body in a position to be able to go to the post 25, 30, 32 times. And if that happens, I'm really confident that we'll see a really good pitcher.
2: Do you think Cashman gives you another arm or two out of the bullpen in the rotation? What's your expectation?
1: Yeah, I I I know he, I know we're still talking to guys about about the bullpen and uh whether that's an arm or two and and obviously monitoring what continues to be out there, you know, from a, from a starting from a position player for that matter, but I do do expect us to add something still but um we'll just see. We'll 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 see how it goes and um I'm excited about our team and you know, if hopefully there's another piece or two to add and you know, and we go find out how good we think we can be.
2: I got a vibe from you and Cashman. Tell me if I was reading this wrong during the Yamamoto sweepstakes. Like, you knew something. Like, you almost were, like, <laughs> yeah, winking Yeah, he's going at to L.A. Us. That was it. No, I took, <laughs> I took the opposite. I almost had this vibe, like, yeah. you thought you had him. Like, I, I saw the way you looked into the camera the once or twice you are on TV. Almost like a... We got him. (laughs) Did you think that? Was I reading you wrong? Was there an extreme confidence that you were going to land him? Or was Tiki right that you kind of knew deep down he wasn't coming here?
1: No, I'd say somewhere in between that. Mm -hmm. I I definitely thought, um, you know, his interest was real. Our interest was certainly real. Um, I I think, you know, the meetings we were able to have with him um, were impactful. And um, so – I I guess the last time we met with him, which was here in New York, you know, whatever, a few days before he made the decision, um, you know, he left and was kind of like, what do you think? And I was like, you know, I, I definitely thought we were, you know, one of the front runners or in that conversation. And, you know, ultimately, uh, ultimately he, he chose the Dodgers. So hopefully, uh, hopefully uh, we can meet up with him down the road and, uh, you know, and and it works out for us. Yeah, but he he's going to be a really, I think he's going to be a great pitcher. Uh, great kid. Really, really, actually good to meet him and be around him a little bit and uh, wish him success out there. But you know, hopefully we can meet up with them and and you know have the last laugh.
0: You know, Skip, last year it was it was such a disappointment from the fans. I think even mm-hmm. from the from the organization standpoint. I mean, hell, we were on the show talking about fighting for five hundred. And it's not some place yeah. that you're used to. And yeah. like, you could feel the angst and the anger. Aaron Judge, even after the season, said some things. Things got to change. right? And in, mm-hmm. in, in recovering from that, well, I don't think it's hard because all you need is, is some health and some luck and some things of that nature. But there's something real to coming back from what you guys went through last year. How have you emphasized that? Both, I mean, internally, but also to your team.
1: Yeah, look, um, I definitely... Look, I, I like to think we go into every off season hungry, you know, especially because we haven't won at all since I've been here. Um, so there's there's always that carrot that you're chasing, right? As an uh, you want to climb to the top of the mountain. Mm-hmm. But I think la- the way you know last season unfolded and not being you know, not making the playoffs, and I think a number of guys getting dinged up, and I, I think it's added fuel to everyone's fire. You know, I think it's hopefully just. You know, added a level of sharpness to to winter workouts and preparation to be in the best position heading into spring training. Um, I do think that there is something to that. And we know we've got a lot of lot to prove. And, uh, you know, uh, we're excited to go hopefully prove it.
2: Don't you think it's time to end this beard policy? Like it's twenty twenty four. The guys, beard. yeah, like, what's your, <laughs> I'm sure you got some power to go upstairs and say it's over. Like, don't you think it's time to end the Yankee beard policy? <laughs> nah, no, nah, It it's,
1: you know it differentiates us a little bit. I, and you know what? It's it's amazing how many guys. Like, I mean, I always I have a winter beard going. Not, not to not to your level, Evan. <laughs> <not> that's <laughs> right now in your face. But you know, I like to have the facial hair, and I prefer always having a little little growth going, but. There is something about, you know, you know, like during the season being a Yankee and, and having to stay up on that. And and I've even come to notice honestly, like guys that you would think would have such an issue with it coming over to the organization, I actually don't hate it that much. Mm-hmm. So I'm mm-hmm. sure at some point, someday it maybe goes away, but for now, we're going to embrace it. Now,
2: I remember. Go ahead, say it, Aaron. Not as long as I'm the manager of the New York Yankees. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, and I was serious about it to a degree. Though I love Tiki, yeah. that when Craig left, I was like, you know what, Boone should uh, do afternoon drive with me. It'd be kind of fun. You could do both, right? So I want to ask you that. I want to ask you that question, sort of again. Our program yeah. director has left. <laughs> you have listened to this oh, radio right. station. Spikes out. out. Would you like to be the PD? And if you were PD. Any immediate changes you'd like to make?
1: <laughs> well, you know what? I I I was listening to you guys a few weeks ago and you were um uh, you were I think you were bragging about your uh state capital knowledge. <laughs> yeah. That's true. And so I did have an issue with a couple of your pronunciations. So, oh. what's the capital of Montana? Helena. No, Helena. <laughs>
2: Really, I thought it was I almost. Elena. You know
1: what? Yeah. I almost reached out to my pen pal, Carton, to text you. It's not Elena, it's Helena. It's oh. Helen. And I think. Yeah. And I think Coach Brian Dable is Dable, not Dayball. Oh, yes. Nail that Dayball on me all the time. Dave,
2: so, so, We the, just call him Dave. So the first thing you do as PD is yell at me for all my miss uh, pronunciations. <laughs>
1: Yeah, we're going to tighten up some of the pronunciation. Right, he says a, he says up.
2: epiphany
0: instead of a pif- epiphan- me instead of epiphany. Oh yeah, because it's that. like to him and not to look. Uh, <laughs> we, we might we might be down in uh, spring training. You know, the great Susan Waldman invited us to uh, maybe oh, yeah, broadcast a, a game. If we do that, you got to come on with us. You got to do it.
1: Yeah, yeah, happy to. Um, and maybe we can get out. I. I I don't know if I told you. I played I played golf with Rondé a few years ago. Oh, nice. Did he smoke you? Rondé can Rondé can stripe it now. Yeah, are, yeah. You, are you as good as he is? I suck. <laughs> oh. I look good,
0: but I suck.
1: <laughs> yeah, we had a great time playing out of his course. He, he actually hit a, hit a terrible shot on one. Okay. And like ran into the clubhouse to change a club out and came out and then Probably threw out like a seventy-seven on us, and right. it was all good. Well, that's
0: what he does. Damn
1: right? man! When, yeah.
0: you, when you know exactly what you did wrong, and you can fix it right there, that means you know golf. That's not <laughs> me. yeah. He,
1: was, I was like, he's 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 real. He's a real player. He can play. All right. So if I get down
2: there, we'll yep. play some golf then, because Rondy knows
0: everybody. Yep. Beautiful.
1: Yeah, Aaron, we appreciate it, man.
2: Enjoy the rest of your winter. Weeks away from spring training, can't wait. Thank you, Skip. Yeah, great talk to you guys. Take care. Be good.